Hi guys, this is Ronnie from Everything Vive. I'm here with, with several people actually from Need Corporation. Uh, they, most people will, will know them from the budget cuts demo that was released at the original, uh, near the original release date of, of the Vive and, and, and other uh, high-end VR platforms back in April of 2016. They have their, their upcoming release of, of, of budget cuts itself. We're not talking about the demo, we're, we're talking about the full game. Budget cuts is going to be released here uh, coming up in May uh, of 2018. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank you guys for, for taking the time to talk with me today. Thanks oh, of course. for letting us be here. Of course, of course. So, um, yeah, if, if there's three of you here, if, if you guys want to just briefly introduce yourselves and, and explain to the listeners what your role is at Neat Corporation. Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Philip Sengal, but I usually always go by Flippy. And I'm a 3D artist at Neat Corp, and I do general art things, like a bit of everything. I'd say mostly assets and fixing props. My name is uh, Marco Permonto and uh, I'm a game designer and programmer. I primarily uh, code the AI, uh, the NPCs in the game and do game design stuff. <laughs> uh, and my name is Christopher Sönningsson and I'm a 3D artist and animator. So I mostly do everything that does with the, the characters basically in budget cuts at this moment and also doing more generic stuff as well when it comes to props and stuff like that. Okay, very cool. Well, well again, thank you guys for, for joining, joining me on the show here. And I guess to start things off, I wanted to kind of know a little bit of, of your background and what led you to Need Corporation. Uh, everybody knows the Budget Cuts demo by now. Uh, you guys have obviously been work, working in VR for, for quite a while. Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about Need Corporation and, and what led you guys to, to be working where you are today. Should I start, maybe? Yeah, you start. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, yeah, this is Marco talking now. And uh, <laughs> I was one of the three people who like started the project, uh, Budget Cuts, but I wasn't involved in in the company from the beginning. Um, but like uh, when Joachim and Jenny, uh, who were the founders of the company, when they uh, went to uh, the game developers conference in uh, in 2015. And got hold of uh, a Vive Dev Kit. I basically said that I, I have to I have to be in on this. I, I really need to see how, what what this VR thing is basically. So they were like, yeah, sure, let's let's do something. And that eventually led to the budget cuts demo, uh, us three making that. So uh, I uh, yeah, after a while, like me being really like. Uh, I don't know, it was like a combo of being anxious about leaving the current uh, job that I had at the time, uh, but also like, yeah, wanting to, wanting to join in. So I, eventually I joined, joined the company full time and uh, started working on the full version of the game when we realized that like people seemed to really like, like the demo and this might be a thing that we uh, want to focus on. So I joined in around, when was it like? Uh, damn, I, I don't exactly remember. Maybe <laughs> September 2016, I think I joined. Okay. Yeah, and that's been kind of a common theme uh, amongst a lot of the developers that we've spoken to is, uh, you know, kind of 
trying VR for the first time and then realizing that this is something that's worth pursuing and potentially leaving, you know, super mm. stable <laughs> careers to go and go and pursue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't uh, super obvious, but like, I mean, at when we saw basically people's uh, reactions to, to, uh, to the game and then wanting a full version of the game, it like, felt like the right thing to do. And it definitely feels like it was the right decision now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and how did you guys, I, kn I know you, you met at GDC 2015, but did you guys know each other from before? Or kind of what led to the, to the team that, 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 that you guys initially uh, started? Well, uh, Jenny and uh, Joachim had had their company uh, since like two two years prior or something. I think it was 2013 they started it. Uh, they they started it for uh, for their game uh, older game Flowstorm, uh, which they needed to make a company in order to uh, run their Kickstarter uh, for that game. And so that's so they had their company um, previously, like prior to that. Uh, I've known both of them for since like 2010, maybe uh, when we went to uh, went to school together. So it's so we've known each other for a, for a long time, which is why it also I guess made sense that they would they would uh, invite me in to uh, play around with the vibe. Okay, very cool. And 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 how did how did uh, Flippy and Kristoff come into the picture? How did you guys join the company? Uh, I currently go to the same school that they all went to. At okay. The time. <laughs> uh, I'm actually an intern here right now, so okay. I joined cool. in November, I think. November yeah, I think or September? So. I think November. Okay, very yeah. cool. So uh, I have nothing to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the full game now, so that's great. Awesome. Well, yeah. So I guess I guess uh, you know everyone knows the demo at this point. I think anyone that's owned a Vive has probably played it. Uh, what led you guys to kind of start down that path? I, I know you were interested in doing something in VR, but if you could kind of explain what the process was like leading you to to creating the initial demo. Mm, well, it was a lot of experimentation, like. Like we had no particular goal. Uh, I think the I think Joachim and uh, and Yanni had the idea of making uh, like a like an RTS type of thing uh, originally, and they were like looking at like how would it feel to to have like an overhead view in VR and uh, control a bunch of units uh, and stuff like that. But I was like, uh, I think VR will probably feel nicer if we do a first-person type of thing. So we focused on that. Okay. And it was like just a bunch of like doing random things until uh, until we noticed like specific uh, things being extra nice, such as like leaning around corners, hiding under desks, you know, uh, like being like trying to hide uh, and failing, being detected, that sort of stuff uh, turned out to be really interesting. Um, so that's basically why we went down that path, because it happened to be the most exciting things that we ended up testing. We did yep. test things like uh, um, having guns and uh, like firing at, I mean, we, we, did, we did basically a wave shooter first. And okay. it felt like, well, this is fun, but it's like, it's not gonna scale to something that we feel is interesting enough to work on uh, hmm. uh, 
at that point at least so we we scrapped the guns because we were like yeah this is gonna take so much efforts to polish in order to feel really fun uh, because making guns in VR is harder than making them in a in a non VR setting. So we were like, yeah, this is this is too much work. So why not just focus on the things that that automatically feel the best? Basically, using your body to you know dodge and hide, and like using your arms to throw things, which is where the throwing knives came came from, basically. <laughs> yeah. And so a bunch of experiments like uh, uh, eventually being distilled down into what is budget cuts today okay and and i mean at that time i mean when you when you guys were starting this work i mean obviously behind the scenes people uh had vive had vive dev kits and they were working on on starting to work on titles but i mean at that time this was pre-release so uh what kind of information was out there as far as um what the possibilities were of, of the vive and room scale vr because i mean for me, at least, uh, Budget Cuts was one of the first titles that, that I actually had the opportunity to experience what, what room-scale mm-hmm. VR would be capable of. I mean, bef- before that, the only thing I had really gotten a, a chance to really try out were, were, were like Oculus, DK1, and, and a little mm-hmm. bit of DK2 experiences, which were amazing. They were mind-blowing for me, but, you know, they didn't have... Uh, they didn't have outside trackers. You weren't able to really uh, get a sense of where the player was in the room. Uh, can, can you talk a, a little bit about that and, and what some of your you know, your experimentation kind of led you to, to, to in, in terms of the room scale focus? Um, well, I mean, when I originally like uh, tried, tried the Vive out for the first time, uh, it, that's when it felt like VR at least for me, have something interesting and new to uh, to uh, to offer. Basically, uh, like when 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 I got to try the room scale stuff, so that's why it was interesting at all to me. Uh, I I did I've done like demos for uh, the old Oculus uh, DK two, I think, and maybe also one um, and so on. But those felt more like novelty type of things. It's not until you at least have tracked controllers, which is when it felt like, yeah, this is something new enough to sort of, uh, make something interesting with. Um, but yeah, at the time, like when we got the dev kits, I think like when I'm thinking about like what demo was available when we started, that was like using room scale, uh, to, to its fullest potential was probably tilt brush. Okay. Uh, so so it was like I mean sure there were some really cool things that people were making like space parrot trainer and and uh, and uh, uh, selfie tennis uh, mm-hmm. was like available for us to play before it was released. So we like got a chance to see what others were doing and were planning to launch when the Vive launches. Uh, uh, so we like got an idea of of, uh, uh, of that, but like, yeah, when it came to, I mean, in my personal opinion, like uh, fully utilizing uh, room scale, uh, Tilt Brush was like yeah, one of those that showed sort of like what, what could be done, I guess. But other than that, it was just us like, wanting to yeah make something that feels uh, physical and and realistic to an extent so everything in our game has as realistic a scale as possible like uh, 
table table surfaces and drawers and like objects inside those drawers and all of those things have uh, realistic scales so that like we can we have a, an opportunity to sort of like you, you know you get get that sense of uh, of uh, uh, really being there for free uh, by just making sure that everything is uh, as realistic as possible and then put like crazy robots with guns <laughs> on top. Uh, yeah but yeah ma mainly experimentation really led to led to where we where we okay and so that's that's all really fascinating i mean from uh, since since i know marco is a programmer and game designer since you're a, a programmer and game designer and then we have you know christoph who's a 3d artist in in and an animation uh, a specialist on the show. I didn't know if you guys wanted to comment a little bit about what some of the, the VR specific challenges have been in, in your jobs. Were, were things quite a bit different uh, once you decided to work in VR compared to, to your previous jobs? I, I would expect that they would be. If you could kind of just explain a little bit about what some of those differences were and, and what some of the, the unexpected challenges have been in, in developing a VR title. Yeah, sure. Uh, for me, at least, it was like the biggest challenge when it came to animation, for example, was that, that you have to be really nitpicky when it comes to animation and uh, like things that previously titles I've been working on, you could get away uh, with some things like nothing, everything didn't have to look like perfect. But in VR, when you can get that super up close with things that, for example, that role was in this case, that are animated, it's like you really have to have everything look super tidy and neat when mm -hmm. it comes to have like clicking arts and stuff uh, which you maybe can hide in some cases and other not VR related things, I suppose. Mm. Uh, so that's definitely something that uh, took me a little bit, bit, bit surprised at how much you have to think of this stuff really. Uh, so that's definitely was a big challenge for me at least on my end. Yeah, one one of the things I noticed from playing even the original demo, and now and now you know previously getting a chance to try the the, the upcoming release build, um, I, you know, budget cuts is a really great looking VR title. There are a lot of games out there that I think try to go too too far in the direction of realism. There's a lot of games that kind of you know super abstract things and and have a a, a very very high, you know, stylized kind of uh, look and aesthetic to them. And, and for me, at least, budget cuts is kind of somewhere in the middle where, it, you know, the environments are very realistic, but everything still has a very coherent, you know, artistic vision to it. And, and everything, you know, budget cuts runs great, at least in all, you know, all of the, the times I've gotten a chance to, to play it on, on my systems. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about what went into your, to, into those artistic design choices and kind of, you know, what what kind of led you in the directions that you chose? Mm. Well, like, uh, originally, at least, the, the idea was to find a style that can look good uh, with minimal effort, because mm -hmm. we are a small team. Mm -hmm. so, like, it, that's been, like, in all honesty, been the thing that's been driving the visual style. Um, but then there's like, there's still obviously uh, challenges uh, involved in making sure that, like, because we don't have uh, a, a clear example is like we don't have a lot of like gritty uh, textures, mm -hmm. which means that we can't hide mistakes as easily. 
because every surface is flat and shiny. Mm. That means that like um, seams and uh, and stuff like that is very visible instead. So it's like a constant battle, making sure that all the all the graphical assets are are as like clean as possible, so that we we don't uh, yeah, so that you don't see uh, the mistakes basically. So it's a it's a weird balance basically. Uh, in in one in in one way we get get away with uh, less effort because we don't have to spend so much time on making super uh, nice and detailed textures. But then instead we need to make uh, super tidy three uh, D art. Uh, so it's like yeah, I don't know. It's a double edged sword. Yeah, and also the lighting has to be a lot more like on point as well. Mm. When everything's flat, you have to have like perfect light maps, and things mm. have to look fine in different lighting. Yeah. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, as far as the visuals, like I said, I mean, something that always stood out to me uh, was just the level of polish, and and I think that kind of explains at least to, at least to some extent, you know, how you guys kind of went with the aesthetic you chose. Um, but the the, the visuals kind of go hand in hand with some of the game design in, in, in my mind, as far as, you know, kind of how the teleportation system works and how the inventory system works, like everything in my head in budget cuts has kind of a very, you know, uh, very specific and deliberate, uh, you know, design that kind of matches the visuals, like the, the ring that you, that reminds you uh, how to center yourself in the play area so that you're um, able to teleport properly and all of those things. Like a lot of those kind of clever design choices, um, in my opinion, like I haven't seen those done uh, nearly as well in, in games that have released in the past, you know, couple of years as compared to what you guys were even able to, to do in the original demo. Um, what were some of the the things that kind of led you to those to those decisions, and are you surprised at all that you haven't seen um, some of those systems, I guess, implemented as well as you guys did in the demo? Well, uh, first of all, thank you. It's it's very very kind words. Uh, um, I'm not sure where to like start with that. Like, I'm, I guess I need a. a, a yeah, you need to ask uh, ask the question again, or like have a. Uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Or, I guess I guess what led you to, to 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 some of your design choices as far as you know how to best uh, help the player uh, navigate the room scale experience. Mm. Well, I mean, it's uh, once again, it's one of those things that came from experimentation, really, because we notice, like, we we start off with. Uh, not having any indicators uh, at all uh, for those things that you mentioned, but then eventually we notice like this is needed uh, in order to uh, to navigate easily. Like we need an indicator for where the player's head will end up in the uh, remote location, for example, where they will teleport. So now nowadays, I don't think we we didn't have that in the demo, but nowadays we have that. Uh, there's like a tiny dot on the floor which shows like here's where your head will end up and mm -hmm. once the player realizes that that's what the indicator is for uh, they will have like they will be able to play the, the game more skillfully basically uh, after that uh, once they realize that but at the same time it's uh, like unintrusive enough like not intrusive to so that you you can play the game without knowing uh, that that's what the dot means basically so it's like it's a 
I mean, we also get a lot of uh, uh, like for free in a way by having a simple uh, art style uh, because then the you know, even the tiniest indicator will be very uh, visible and clear. So we have we can have like a fairly uh, like what's it called like scaled down uh, amount of indicators for these kind, kinds of things. Okay, and and I mean, uh, going into uh, obviously now the the full game is going to be releasing on multiple platforms, including you know the Rift and the Vive. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to to develop on on multiple VR platforms and what you guys have kind of you know learned over the course of dealing with you know like the Rift, for example. You don't necessarily have all of the same. Uh, room scale capabilities, depending on how many sensors people have in their homes and whatnot. Like, can you talk a little bit about about that? Did 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 anything kind of have to be changed at all because you were you were anticipating different VR headsets, or that you know is, are are things pretty pretty flexible in terms of what you're able to do still? Well, the thing is, like the game was <clears throat> from from the ground up designed for room scale. Uh, Experiences, so so it's been like a uh, discussion back and forth whether or not we sh we should support uh, other uh, ways of play, mm. uh, and like uh, eventually came to like the conclusion that we we can have uh, some some uh, variations on that which still uh, feel good, like the game is uh, as good. Uh, with those settings as it is with full room scale and full 360 tracking and so on. So what we ended up having is basically we, we will support front facing, uh, like uh, which is a very common setup for the Rift, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you have touch controllers and you're, you have two, uh, two tracking uh, cameras so that you, you're front facing uh, towards your desk at all times. Uh, uh, so, so that's going to work uh, well and have snap turning. Uh, but for example, we won't support seated uh, uh, version uh, of the gameplay, basically, because we have a lot of uh, like we, yeah. We expect people to to uh, move basically and use their body and hide behind things and so on mm -hmm. uh, and pick up stuff from the floor and so on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So seated won't work. There will be, for example, a couple of places where there are uh, ceilings uh, which are low, and if you're uh, seated, it's kind of awkward. You have to like bend sideways in order to to crouch um, <laughs> under those low ceilings and so on. So that's an example of uh, something that we're not going to support because it would require too much uh, of a redesign of the whole game. Uh, so it's it's been a to some extent, a compromise. Basically, we we found we found variants of control schemes which which work, which aren't uh, full room scale, but we're not going to support all of them. Basically. Okay, I mean, yeah, for, as a fan of the initial demo and and of the Vive in general, I'm I'm super excited to hear that. I mean, one of the things that uh, is so fun about budget cuts, and quite frankly, would something that you know kind of surprised me actually when I got a chance to play, uh, you know, the, the, the more, you know, the, the more recent build, um, you know, this, these past couple of weeks at GDC was just the fact that, you know, not enough games that I've been playing, uh, that have been released really force 
forced me to get as physical as budget cuts does as far as you know getting down Mm -hmm. low and crawling around and like it was one of the things that originally when i got my vibe was so exciting about the platform was just how physical and how how Mm -hmm. immersive uh game experiences could be when you're all of a sudden yeah 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 having having to do and and like i said like one of the things i think that kind of surprised me a little bit when i when i went to 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 play the more recent build was just the fact that i i my mind had kind of you know been kind of uh you know warped a little bit as far as some of the experiences that i've been playing the past couple of years haven't had that kind of functionality and so like going back to the day i had to remind my oh yeah like i I can totally duck here and get an advantage and, and all that kind of stuff in terms of, so, I mean, so kudos to you guys for that. And I mean, as far as, as far as what you guys are, what, what you guys try to get the players to do, um, like when, when you're creating an environment and what you're hoping that, that they're going to, do you guys try to like in the design, try to aim for, to, to guide the players to certain types of physical motions or, or or what's that process like as far as trying to, trying to create an experience that uh, can, that players can do so much in? Well, yeah, well, uh, we definitely want people to, to uh, use their full body uh, to play the game, Uh, ducking and, uh, you know, looking around corners and stuff like that. We do have, uh, multiple uh, paths that people can take throughout the game, so they can they can uh, play. I mean, I think there are a couple of places where we uh, require crouching, but there's like yeah, but it's optional in a lot of places. Yeah, as well. exactly. So it's like we have we have multiple uh, paths where people can can play standing, but it's in some cases more difficult actually because that's when you. Uh, meet guards head on instead of like sneaking up on them, yeah, yeah, and dropping stuff on them and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, we do we do uh, try to remind players about like all of their different possibilities. Uh, of, yeah, well, of play. Okay, yeah, one of the things I mean when I play, like I, I kind of notice is just the fact that I almost feel rewarded for for experimenting and, and doing things that are a little bit less conventional. Like uh, sometimes you know, I, like I. I tend to duck or duck behind uh, walls and and kind of you know use my my placement in the room strategically less because I'm required to and more because it gives me an advantage in the situation that I'm presented with. So that's I, I don't know if you guys were kind of you know cognizant of of kind of you know rewarding the players for experimenting in the game or or anything like that. But well, there's like I mean you do, you do get some of that. For free because we are, I mean, the, to some extent, the gameplay is emergent in that way that we built a space uh, which which allows for different approaches. So uh, when a player like figures out that they can they can try this or that approach, uh, mm-hmm. they basically get a different experience compared to someone who does something something else. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the the act of act of just you know ducking around talking and cover and stuff like that is very rewarding in itself. So it's like, it's been one of those stable things that we've been always wanting to keep in the game. Just, you know, make sure that there's a lot of 
like lowish uh, like cubicle walls or whatever to to uh, hide behind uh, so that it's it becomes obvious to the player when they're standing next to a, a, a like a waist high wall that i'm supposed to duck here and so it <laughs> becomes a cool experience when you when you do that because it's a natural it's a natural thing to do when when you're in a when you're in a vr game like this which allows for for that which has like uh, waist high obstacles so yeah, that's what you, you just notice that like you, you you do it without thinking basically and yeah. that's very cool no, obviously so like it, there's gonna be a bigger chance of you getting shot if you stand still mm -hmm. so it's like dodging the actual bullets in the game will make the game less difficult mm. if you're good at it <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things in addition to just the environment itself, like like you said, waist-high walls and all of that kind of inviting players to duck behind them and, and use the environment to their advantage. I mean, one of the things that's also awesome about, about the demo and, and the upcoming release is the fact that, you know, a lot of the tools that you find in the environment are, are maneuverable and you, they can also be used to your advantage kind of naturally without really thinking whether or not these are these are objects that that were designed to be used the way that you're using them. Like, can you talk about some of the challenges involved with just making uh, objects in the world react to the player accurately and, and what your process was there? Well, that's like one of those things that's, uh, uh, that's been like a, a real challenge for me, at least as a designer, like how does a player expect that this thing will work? Like, do we need to remove this object entirely because we don't have the time to implement the functionality that uh, that a player would expect? Like, for example, we currently have uh, espresso machines in the game which don't do anything except look like an espresso machine. Mm. So it's like, uh, should we should we keep it uh, as a prop which is uh, which is completely static, or should we? Uh, remove it because uh, too many uh, players get uh, frustrated when they can't get coffee <laughs> from it. So it's like, yeah, it's a it's a tough balance. But yeah, we we have in VR. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like I mean, in in it is in VR essentially when these things become uh, a bigger issue. Like uh, in most most other like games, you don't really care that as much about like you you come into a kitchen in in some kind of action game, you don't care as much if the espresso machine doesn't work but here it's like you, you try and then you get slightly disappointed sort of <laughs> and it's like yeah i don't know uh but yeah we we do we do try to make sure that like most objects have some kind of functionality and there and uh, a lot of objects also have like actual gameplay implications like you can you can stack a pile of books and hide behind them or you can use <laughs> You can you can use said book to to uh, uh, like knock knock the guards out or like at least make them lose their balance and fall over. Uh, you can use yeah same thing with coffee mugs. You can like because they're really hard. You can uh, throw them hard at a guard and then they will like fall over and so they can actually be used as like uh, blunt weapons and so on. It's funny so how. Yeah, it's funny how creative people get in VR because I mean yeah. some of the things that you're talking about, like I didn't even they didn't even cross my mind, but I'm sure when I was playing I did all sorts of weird stuff that 
it's just it's just funny the way people react in, in VR. Like, I don't yeah. know. What, do you guys have any stories about like funny things that people have done that you really weren't expecting when you saw them play the game? I mean, at GDC, we actually had like two or three people bring a huge broom across the entire game just because <laughs> they, for no reason. <laughs> just barely playing the game at all. <laughs> um, someone stick a bunch of scissors into a gas canister and carry it through the game as like a separate inventory. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really smart. That was bad because their inventory got full and they wanted to bring more scissors. So they just stick it into a gas canister and brought the gas canister. So and it, that, that's really awesome. I mean, have there ever that been replayability to games as well? Yeah, mm. no. Have there ever been situations where you've like you know come across something for the first time because a a, a playtester was doing something you weren't expecting and kind of built on it, or like is it just the 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 systems themselves just lend to that to that you know emergent type gameplay? I think the espresso machine is kind of an example, like not gameplay-wise, but we see that players try out interacting with objects, yeah. mm -hmm. and then when we notice that they get sad, we kind of have to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> that probably happened to a lot of objects. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, mostly it's those types of things when it's like an object which isn't like crucial for the main gameplay loop. But it's still there, and it's still like mm. a VR type of affordances uh, issue, which only like happens in VR. So it's like, yeah, we probably have to fix this. We have probably have to make sure that uh, the the hand dryer in the uh, toilet makes a noise when you press the button. And, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most, those types of things. But I'm sure there are like I can't think of any at this point, like at this moment, which are like more or gameplay. Things. I guess, yeah, well, you could say that, like, way back, like, in the demo, we didn't have, for example, so that you could uh, knock uh, robots with, uh, with blunt objects. It was only the, only the sharp objects which did anything. So that's one of those things that we've added because we've noticed that so many people throw blunt objects at robots expecting stuff to happen. <laughs> yeah. so, it's like, uh, so it's one of those things that we really wanted to put in so that it feels... Yeah, just gives players more options uh, for gameplay, so it's uh, yeah more fun essentially. I mean, because more things you can do. Yeah, for for me, I mean, Budget Cuts was one of the first game titles that really you know felt like I was in a real place and really like you know going up against real challenges. So I mean, as as far as as far as I like, I can still remember the first time that that I ran into a robot in the Budget Cuts demo because it was super mm. terrifying to me. <laughs> just just in terms of I, I can remember the first time like seeing seeing the you know in that in that little hallway where there's the the cutout window and you see the the robot standing above above you and you're not exactly sure like it looks intimidating but you've never come across a robot in VR before so you're not sure exactly you know what yeah. you can get away with and then I remember just being you know immediately destroyed by that thing and thinking oh my gosh like how am I going to get past this guy and then yeah. and then kind of like you said it's like throwing blunt object like you kind of just resort to just doing whatever you can because you're so freaked out by like well what what do I have at my disposal right now you're not like like yeah. especially when you play it the first time right like I I wasn't I wasn't going around strategically kind of finding what 
objects were sharp or not because I didn't really know exactly what was going to be around the court. And, and that's kind of one of the funny things about, I think, budget cuts is that, you know, you kind of learn from your first playthrough um, in some of the some of these cases, kind of what types of things you might come to expect. And so you start preparing for them. And, and when I played the uh, when I played the more recent release and I, I, I kind of was expecting that there were going to be robots, uh, I was super prepared to just, you know, annihilate the first robot I saw. And, 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 and you guys were, 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 you know, kind of funny in terms of like, you know, dispelling my expectations because like all the robots I saw, at least at the very beginning of, of the more recent release, they were all super friendly and not really like, and, and, and so like I, I went into these situations like super, you know, like highly aggressive and like ready to take them on and all that kind of stuff. And then I was so caught off guard. Like it, it's just a really funny, like, it, have there been any, like what, you know, the demo was obviously so popular. Um, what were some of the things moving from the demo to the final release that you kind of, you know, were looking to expand upon and, and kind of, you know, take advantage of, of what people had, have come have come to expect from the game? Do you guys have anything pretty broad particular? question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, for me, like, uh, I mean, in a way, because uh, a lot of people like the demo, working on the full release in in a way felt like making a sequel mm. because we already had released the demo and it was its own experience type of thing so i really wanted to like try and surprise people again which is kind of difficult mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, like when when you you already have a game so how do you subvert, subvert the expectations of fans yeah, but still, like keeping it obviously budget cuts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's something that I've been trying to do uh, in all aspects of of, uh, of the game. So for example, we redesigned the robots, all of the robots, so that they have all have new looks. The old old design uh, isn't in the game anymore, uh, and that's that's basically just because we wanted to, you know. Uh, Surprise! Surprise uh, the players again with, in a positive way. Like now, the robots look more detailed and uh, and have uh, more interesting behaviors and so on. So it's like budget cuts, but more, which makes it sort of like for us as developers feel like we're working on a sequel in a way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the things I noticed when playing the the more recent build was just the fact that there's a lot of kind of narrative, you know, building within the environments, like. You know, it seems like you guys are are focused on telling a little bit more of a story than in the initial demo, since yeah. I, I'm sure you guys have more more room to work with now that the game is is longer. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? What it's like, uh, kind of developing the story and, and using the VR experience to do that. I'm not sure how much we want to. Uh, okay, no, yeah, maybe don't get in. Definitely don't get into the details of the story itself. But like, what maybe maybe the better the better way to phrase the question would be, um, what were, you know, kind of what were some of your goals in 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 creating a narrative experience? Like, what 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 motivated you to go in that direction after following the demo? I think it's a lot about appealing to another type of player. Okay. Because there are people who really like to get invested in stories regarding of like the genre of the game. Mm. So it's kind of just like adding another layer to it. 
that you don't necessarily have to get involved into, but there, there's an option for it. Hmm. Yeah, then, we, yeah. we wanted to have a... Uh, we, we have wanted to have a story in the game from the very beginning. The What the story actually is, sort of what happens in the story, has changed back and forth a couple of times. Uh, but that's been the goal, that it's a single-player uh, experience, basically, with a story. And how we present the story and like to what extent we have voice actors or not, it's, uh, that's been like very like loose. Uh, but yeah, we, we have some we have a pretty pretty neat cast uh, <laughs> at this point. Uh, so yeah, we're really really excited. Okay, and, and and taking a step back a little bit, I mean, we talked, we briefly mentioned the the reception that the demo had received, um, but I wanted to kind of circle back to that for just a moment. Uh, were you guys expecting to have, you know, said, like, did you, did, was there ever a point during development where you kind of knew that you guys were onto something that was different and 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 kind of special as far as the other VR titles that were out there? Or were you completely caught off guard by the reception of the demo, and and how did that affect? what you guys wanted to do moving forward? Mm, well, yeah, it, it was definitely a surprise, like, uh, how, how much people uh, liked it. But, um, but yeah, we, we, we were fans of the other VR titles that were released at the time as well. So it was like, we, it did feel like, a, uh, yeah, just, we just belonged in that group of, of games, uh, but yeah, I guess I guess the most obvious point when it felt like we had something uh, special in a way, which like uh, motivated us extra to to make sure that we had a demo available once the game release. Uh, I mean, the uh, Vive releases uh, was uh, when Chad Falishek, who previously worked at Valve, when he played our like very early demo, where we only had we had like some kind of uh, 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 like asset store bought uh, a character which was like a human with like a white armor of some kind I don't remember exactly but it was like yeah and just animations from 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 uh, like unity standard assets or something for for that character and just some really simple gun attached to their hand and then we had knives that you could throw uh, when when Chet played that and he uh, yeah he just got back with this like huge smile on his face and was like <laughs> guys this is this is really great uh, so <laughs> we sort of knew that we had to had to make an effort I guess <laughs> yeah when you get some good feedback all of a sudden <laughs> yeah yeah that was really exciting especially like coming from. Uh, someone uh, who works at Valve. We were such huge uh, Valve fanboys, so it's like it was uh, yeah a dream come true to get that kind of response from from them. That's amazing, and it must I mean, you must get that that feeling a lot when you when you show the game to new players. I mean, like you were saying before, everybody kind of takes on the challenge of the game in their own unique ways, and. It, yeah, it's, it's it's already a super fun game. I mean, just uh, part of the reason I think Budget Cuts is so well-received amongst players is the fact that even if you're not playing, it's just fun watching other people play. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's something that I think some of the more standard, traditional, like the games, especially now, the ones that don't really require players to get as physical, you kind of lose some of that, uh, 
that the enjoyment of watching someone kind of make themselves kind of look yeah. a little silly when they're when they're in the world kind of you know completely oblivious to to, to what they're actually doing in the real world so it's yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah we got the same same with uh, the new game beat saber yeah like people that That's looked really nice. funny we had like recently uh like uh, christopher your you're featured on oh, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Beat Saber. I've definitely in real life as well. So yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about yeah the Beat Saber you mentioned that is the just the fact that like when you're in there you're so just into I mean I think it's maybe the fact that you're you're holding the lightsabers and like you know you're you're going to the beat of the music and but like yeah. Yeah. you you look so different than what you're imagining yourself <laughs> like in the game. Like, especially coming out of GDC, some, seeing some of those videos were hilarious. Like it was just, mm. oh man, that's awesome. Uh, uh, budget cuts is kind of the same. With people looking like through the ceiling, the vents, yeah, yeah. smashing the, the face great. to the floor. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> great. No, I, I can remember. I mean, when I got a chance to to, to play budget cuts with 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 some of you guys uh, at at GDC. Like I knew there were people in the room watching me, but I was so in the game that I like I completely didn't care that I was making myself look like look like yeah. a fool sometimes. But <laughs> that's one of the things actually of VR, like compared to something like AR. Yeah. Like you, when you don't see the the when you don't see your surroundings, you you do get more immersed and you feel more safe to just be goofy. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't see the people pointing and laughing at you, <laughs> <laughs> or or sometimes when you, when you hear them laughing a little bit, it, it kind of encourages silly behavior, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I could definitely tell I was doing some weird stuff, and like I could I could hear chuckles when I was doing it. I was like, ah, ha, ha, I'm gonna keep doing this. <laughs> That's our reward. Mm. <laughs> well, that yeah, we're like, making this game so that yeah. we can look at people and Just laugh. Wanna laugh. Yeah. <laughs> no that's 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 awesome i mean as far as i mean the demo was released you know almost two years now and there have been a lot of titles come out over those two years a lot of you know new hardware released on the market just a lot of changes uh, can you talk about a little bit about you know how you've seen some of the changes in the industry uh you know were are things as you would have expected them to be a couple of years ago or how have things kind of evolved do you guys have any thoughts? I have no idea. I'm talking about it. I'm working with the before this. Yeah. No, feel free to just give your thoughts. You don't have to have anything like, you know. <laughs> one of the things that uh, I think is interesting is that uh, thing that you've been mentioning as well a lot, that uh, a lot of VR titles are, yeah, they, they are like focusing on the primarily on the low end of uh, of um, like VR I don't know what's called low end is maybe the wrong word but like you you uh, limit your design by having a seated front facing experience mm -hmm. which with maybe effect controllers and so on so that's like the target and then any any like uh, uh, yeah room scale versions of of said game are like extra on top of that or something uh, so which means that you get a lot of titles with which don't feel as obviously like using using full room scale VR and so on mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. which I was expecting more of, like more of those types of titles, uh, which had that as as the basis, like us, mm-hmm. like our game, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's that's been uh, weird and interesting, but it, like at the same time, I, I get it. Like I, I understand why most developers do this. It's because that, that way you have the largest uh, install base, basically, or the potential customers. Because uh, uh, yeah, I mean, VR is already a limited uh, market. Basically, you don't have a lot of people uh, who own VR uh, gear. Yeah. So like. But if you if you then want to also limit yourself to a subset of that, like we are doing, requiring people to to at least have like a, a standing uh, setup where they have room to move and throw uh, knives, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's I, I mean I get why why developers have done that, but that was kind of surprising to me. I didn't expect that to become the norm. Well, well I mean from my perspective, it, it's kind of crazy too because, I mean, in my experience when I'm showing people VR for the first time. It's the room scale experiences like like budget cuts, like some of the other titles out there that, that you've mentioned, even some of the ones that, that came out two years ago at launch. Like those those more those more uh, those games that take advantage of room scale and really get the player moving are what I think excites people when they try VR for the first time. I mean, I've yeah. I've showed people uh, I showed people the DK one and, and even, you know, some of you know the later like more seated experiences and and i don't think that's what excites people like people want to get into vr when they see these new things that they've never had a chance to to show i mean even you know two years out i was showing someone vr for the first time this past weekend and i was showing them you know i i I was showing them a lot of a lot of more room scale type experiences and they like that's what like surprise two two days later they're texting me saying well could you help me get a vive could you help me set up a computer like all of these yeah like but but i think it's those room scale experiences that and 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 what surprised me is just sometimes especially some of us that have been playing these games now for for a couple of years have had vr around like you forget how big of an impact um Mm. what playing room scale vr can actually have on someone for the first time yeah, um, and so it's kind of disappointing in some ways that that so many people are are focused on the lowest common denominator as far as what the hardware is capable of. Because I think it's, I mean, while it's not everyone can set up room scale, you know, VR setups yeah. and whatnot. Like, I think that's really what differentiates the medium. And if I, I think if if people only get got a chance to experience, you know, kind of the seated, you know turn 90 degrees in front of a couple of sensors, that kind of uh, um, experience that, you know, mm-hmm. you're also like, in a sense, I, I know you're limiting your, your market by, by making the game, uh, you know, only cater to a small percentage of, of VR users, but um, we're also, you know, trying to get more people into that VR fold. And I think room scale does that better than any other kind of VR experience. Well, I agree. I mean, uh, for, for me, it was the same thing. Like, I wasn't excited as a developer until I tried room-scale versions of VR. Yeah. So it wasn't until at that point that I felt like, uh, yeah, we could actually make uh, a game, an experience which is different from from uh, from uh, previous uh, platforms for, ga- for gaming in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, as far as I mean, games like like budget cuts. I mean, in some ways, it seems like they're still trying to take advantage of some of the hardware capabilities that have been there all along. Like, uh, I know people are excited about you know the Vive Pro and like new headsets coming out with higher fidelity uh, HMDs and all of that. But like to some degree, um, you know what's what, what we're capable of, especially with room scale, I mean, we you still haven't seen people fully take advantage of, of those systems. So um, it's just interesting how how things have kind of gone. Can, can what are some of the things that that you guys are looking forward to, or what you're hoping, how you're hoping VR kind of moves going forward? Sure. Well, I, I for one uh, want the the cable running down your your neck to disappear. Mm -hmm. I guess I mean, untethered VR is, uh, I guess, the the biggest uh, next thing that I'm waiting for. Mm -hmm. I guess that would definitely be the same thing for me. Just to have that limitation, mm. quote unquote, away would do so much for the gameplay wise. I would think. Yeah, it's gonna, it would be, feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, that, that's. You do like uh, you don't you don't find it as disturbing as as you might think at first. Like when you have the cable, uh, like a lot of people who haven't tried VR think that the cable is gonna like completely ruin the experience, which isn't the case. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's it's one of those quality of life type of things that <laughs> would be nice. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm, I'm likewise. I'm looking forward to all of that, and I mean, I, I've. I'm sure you guys have had a chance to try some of the, the solutions that are out there now too. But I mean, one of the things I noticed right away, I, like you guys, like I'm totally used to the cable. Like most of the time, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the cable too much, but, but I noticed that even uh, like as soon as I, as soon as I am tether free, I'm, I'm moving in ways that maybe subconsciously I was limiting myself from with sure. the cable. Right. So like, you kind of play differently almost when you're when you're wireless compared to wired, even though it's never something that you're trying to do intentionally. Yeah, I think that's definitely where VR really is at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that that makes sense. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I mean, as far as as far as uh, budget cuts, it's it's. I believe I I saw on on Steam that it's that that the game is being released. Hopefully on on May sixteenth, correct? May sixteenth yep. of this year. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's kind of crazy. When I first saw that, like on one hand, it feels like it's been forever, but on the other hand, like I, like it's funny because budget cuts to me is one of the main kind of like for me, it's one of the milestones as far as like when I think of how long VR's been going on now. Like I I remember like trying out the demo and be like, oh man, this is only a demo. Like I can't wait for the game to come out. <laughs> and then like yeah, now I, I was laughing because when I was talking about how long uh how long, you know, the the vibe has kind of been on the market and all of that, like I was I was talking with 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 my uh, co-host the other day and I was thinking it's been three years, not two years. Because it feels so long since games like like the demo <laughs> initially came out that like uh like so I'm, I'm so excited to be playing the game like you, you have no idea and i'm sure so many people yeah i can't can't wait for the release this next month same here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, you know as far as as far as getting ready for the recent release and all of that i mean if 
if people are interested in kind of following the game uh, after release and, and following with, you know, what, what you guys are going to be up to, um, you know, pre post, whatever release, um, what, what's the best way for fans to, to kind of keep up with Neat corporation? Probably the Twitter, I guess, mm -hmm. maybe the steam page for budget cuts. Mm -hmm. It's being updated quite frequently. I think those are the two ones we use the most, the Facebook page as well. Okay, awesome. All right, well, yeah, like and I said... information on all of them, so... Okay, yeah, well, yeah, if you provide the information, we'll just stick it in the in the notes for the episode so that the listeners out there can get a chance to kind of check out, um, you know, what you guys do after, after the release, hopefully give some feedback, and uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys again for 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 uh, taking the time to speak with me and uh yeah can't we yeah, wait for yeah best, best of luck with the upcoming release and and i'm sure everybody will be kind of you know ducking and dodging and running around their rooms here pretty soon so <laughs> yeah look forward to that